0: Chapter 17 of the Forty Five Guardsmen by Alexandre Dumas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia. CHAPTER seventeen Chicot's Purse Chicot passed the remainder of the night dreaming in his armchair, for the face of that woman brought before him a number of illustrious shades connected with many happy or terrible souvenirs, and he who had regretted his sleep on first arriving, now thought no more of it. When morning dawned, he got up, threw a cloak over his shoulders, and with the firmness of a sage, examined the bottom of his purse and his shoes. Chicot, a man of lively imagination, had made in the principal beam which ran through his house a cavity, a foot and a half long and six inches wide, which he used as a strong box to contain one thousand crowns in gold. He had made the following calculation. I spend the twentieth part of one of these crowns every day. Therefore, I have enough to last me for twenty thousand days i cannot live so long as that but i may live half as long and as i grow older my wants and expenses will increase and this will give me twenty-five or thirty good years to live and that is enough he was therefore tranquil as to the future ventre de biche he cried times are hard and i need not be delicate with henry this money did not come from him but from an old uncle if it were still night i would go and get one hundred crowns from the king but now I have no resource but in myself, or in Gorenflot. This idea of drawing money from Gorenflot made him smile. It would be odd, thought he, if Gorenflot should refuse one hundred crowns to the friend through whom he was appointed prior to the Jacobins. But this letter of the king's, I must go and fetch it. But these joyuses are in truth capable of burning my house down some night to attract the lady to her window, and my one thousand crowns. Really? I think it would be better to hide them in the ground. However, if they burn my house, the king shall pay me for it. Thus reassured he left the house, and at that moment saw at the window of the opposite house the servant of the unknown lady. This man, as we have said, was completely disfigured by a scar extending from the left temple to the cheek. But although bald and with a gray beard, he had a quick, active appearance and a fresh and young-looking complexion. On seeing Chicot, he drew his hood over his head, and was going in, but Chicot called out to him. "'Neighbor, the noise here last night quite disgusted me, and I am going for some weeks to my farm. Will you be so obliging as to look after my house a little?' "'Willingly, monsieur.' "'And if you see robbers?' "'Be easy, monsieur. I have a good arquebuse.' "'I have still one more favor to ask.' "'What is it?' i hardly like to call it out i will come down to you he came down accordingly with his hood drawn closely round his face saying as a sort of apology it is very cold this morning yes said chicot there is a bitter wind well monsieur i am going away you told me that before yes i know but i leave a good deal of money behind me so much the worse why not take it with you i cannot but i leave it well hidden so well that i have nothing to fear but fire if that should happen will you try and look after that great beam you see on the right really monsieur you embarrass me this confidence would have been far better made to a friend than to a stranger of whom you know nothing it is true monsieur that i do not know you but i believe in faces and i think yours that of an honest man but monsieur it is possible that this music may annoy my mistress also, and then she might move. Well, that cannot be helped, and I must take my chance. Thanks, monsieur, for your confidence in a poor unknown. I will try to be worthy of it. And bowing, he went into the house. Chicot murmured to himself, Poor young man, what a wreck, and I have seen him so gay and so handsome. End of chapter 17, recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.